Sign up to Rough Trade Club, the ultimate subscription for vinyl enthusiasts. Get money off online and in store and access to sold out events and discounts at Rough Trade East, Rough Trade West, Bristol, Liverpool and all over the UK. Join Rough Trade Club plus new music to receive an exclusive variant of their album of the month every month. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and when you use the voucher code club101pod, you'll get a third off your first three months. That's at roughtrade.com slash club and you can get a third off your first three months by using the voucher code club101pod. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify. Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. It's where I speak to bands and artists about how they've got through their days making music the number one thing. That includes all the different jobs that go into touring, practicing, writing. A lot of bands I'm speaking to about their side hustles and temporary jobs they're doing between tours. But today's guest hasn't had to do many of those because since 1996, they've been a huge staple in the British rock landscape. It's Cooler Shaker, and I'm speaking to Crispy and Mills on the day that their new album, Natural Magic, is up for pre-order. We hear some stories of the writing session for that and we get some tales from right back at the start some of our happiest most memorable times were when we were struggling without a doubt you know and 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 actually as the success started to snowball 
the stress levels went on, the dramas got more constant and it became much less fun. So Crispian Mills here on 101 Part-Time Jobs today. Before we get into the episode, I'm going to speak with Rebecca from the band Eka, who's also a brand ambassador for Ampolo, which is a practice at home app. It's getting to the end of wedding season. So if there's anyone out there who's been playing in a wedding band, about to play in a wedding band and needs to get their chops up on a Paul McCartney baseline where he doesn't play the same thing twice, Ampolo is the app for you. The one wedding I played as a larger band, I remember I actually messed up my Spotify account because of it. Ampolo would have been a lifesaver. Yeah, you could hear it back, hear yourself play it. And that probably has, I mean, that definitely has that kind of subconscious impact of being like, yeah, I can do that. If I did it then, I can do it again now. Exactly, yeah. You're not having to like run over to your laptop the whole time, set up a new recording channel, all that kind of stuff. That's Ampolo. It's free. You can download it from the App Store now. Happy practicing. All right, here's Crispian Mills on 101 Part-Time Jobs. If you like this show, please leave a review or rating on Apple or Spotify. And please subscribe so you keep getting these new episodes straight to your phone. Cheers for listening. 101 Part-Time Jobs. And I think, you know not too much of a, a stringent line to like what this show is about because it is about lifestyle and it is about you know having an idea and going for it and um you know like kind of believing in an adventure enough to become that adventure so that's the sort of the start of it and i loved your sunday telegraph piece where you talk about you know you know lots of musicians who are doing other things like dog walking and babysitting because we live in that world right that's the reality of being in a band now is that unless you're at the very top of your game at the very very top of the game like living as a musician is just is is you've got to do other things right yeah i mean it's very easy to get into um uh, i guess you know some golden age syndrome um or doom and gloom i think i think the the big problem that all musicians have is that music music has really kind of sort of uh in terms of of being a constant source of work it, it they're just the opportunities just aren't there anymore Mm. Uh, you know, every pub, every bar, every club, every pier <laughs> used to have a band uh, or an orchestra, and it was so much. Live music was so much part of of uh, of the culture, and and it's dried up and dried up and dried up and dried up, and um, you know, getting to the point where the one of the big one of the big effects is it means that you you can't really learn your craft. You know, playing music, so much of it is about the reciprocation and seeing how an audience responds or the listener responds. And then, so if that if that gets taken mm. out, then you, you start to go into that sort of bedsit mentality where you're playing songs to yourself. Maybe your girlfriend or your boyfriend might hear it, right? <laughs> or your dog. Um, but you're not getting that, you aren't getting that feedback and the other thing is, you know, learning learning to, to, to play and write by playing lots of other people's music is also, you know, a huge part of that process, growing as a musician. So it is mm. tough, not just in terms of how to earn money, but it's tough in terms of how do you get good? How do you learn your craft? So um, mm. 
that, that it, and it was even a challenge when we were starting out, you know, in the early nineties, when we were, when we were, you know, looking for gigs and trying to get our sound, it was a struggle and we had to do gigs that we didn't want to do. Um, or that didn't pay hardly anything because it was just an opportunity to play in front of people. That value of time of, you know, being able to grow. I mean, now you're going to play your first gig and your friend's going to put it on TikTok or, or YouTube having that time to grow. And even if you're not getting paid and even if those gigs aren't how you want them to be, that for either sort of time and money are kind of, I feel like in a band scenario, time and money are of the same value really in a lot of ways, especially starting out. I'm so glad there was no YouTube and, and, and all that stuff uh, because I would have just made such a prat of myself. It would be, it would be there forever. So I can like some small mercies. I can look back and say, "Well, at least that wasn't around." Um, but you know, yeah, we developed ideas. Some some were were uh, less successful than others. We actually, in Alonzo and I, you know, we we were we met at Richmond College when we were kids, and you know, amongst other things, we invented Mushroom House. Mushroom House. It was Mushroom House was invented above his mum's, well, in his mum's spare room in his house in Hampton. And it involved a drum machine, a little drum machine that she programmed with this, you know, with the beats, working the beats out in the bar. And I had a wah, a wah, wah guitar and um, <laughs> it wasn't very good. But I do remember the chant of mushroom. I got to find the recording somewhere. But, you know, that would be that would that would be on YouTube now. How many, you know, how how many years did it take for you to really find that first tune, to write that first song or write that first set of lyrics where you thought, okay, yeah, I can see this is what it's going to be on eventually what K is. Well, how many years do you think until you sort of found your the seed? The first, like one of the first songs, if not the first song we ever played was Govinda. Govinda ended up being a single, ended up becoming a, one of our sort of signature tunes. And that, that kind of came out of, uh, you know, out of thin air. It came, it came from God. It was, uh, you know, we were, that was like a blessing. And that is an example of, of when the magic happens really easily. But then there are others where you just slog and slog and slog and slog and, and it can produce a good song, you know, that kind of, you know, like three, four days, just constantly, constantly working. Um, but my, 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 I mean, I started writing quite early on and um, I was playing with a lot, a lot of older musicians as well, people who are like 10, 15 years older than me. And so I, I, I acquired a certain type of neurosis as well about, you know, like, got to write, you got to write commercial music. And, and I, I, it took me a while to shake that off because I was coming from a place of pure joy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they were kind of desperate to make it. And, um, you know, that, that was, was not good to be around. But, it, yeah, it has to come from a, a passion. And then, you know, and then you, as you, as you work, you, you start to understand the craft of writing. You understand, start, uh, start to understand structure and all those things. You start to take pride in, in something being really well designed. Those kinds of challenges that you, you know, you mentioned there, I, I feel like, I mean, look, tell me if I'm wrong is 
I feel like you, you try and look getting to the next plateau where you're trying to get to that next stage, whether that's an EP or signing to a label or playing that gig or festival. And then once you're there, all of a sudden new challenges, <laughs> you know, and there's that, I, I imagine there's, there's always that kind of constant, okay, we've overcome this, but then what's next? I, I, th I think that's something that I'm really interested in. And it's like key to this podcast is that idea of, just constant growth and there are always going to be battles there's always going to be you know you wake up in the morning and think fuck okay what's the next thing today how do I find the energy to to do that and I mean that that sounds quite negative doesn't it but I mean it in a positive way because that's growth yeah exactly and that the, the, the it's the uh I was watching that movie being there <laughs> the other day with Peter Sellers plays the, this kind of idiot gardener who um only sort of talks about sort of profound matters in terms of what needs doing to the garden. And, you know, it's true. It's all about, you know, the cycles, the cir circular nature of, of life and, and experience. And, you know, one day you're completely depressed and you, there's no hope and it doesn't seem like there's any opportunities and everything that you're putting your effort into is just screwing up. Uh, because plans never, ever, ever go according to their design. <laughs> they just—I don't. I don't think I've yet to meet anyone whose plans work out. Um, but you know, then you get mm. your breakthrough this spring. You get the first shoots of hope, <laughs> and and I—I I guess being a musician, part of it, you know, is being self-employed. So you have to generate the faith you have to generate a sense of you know it's going to be self-care you know self-nurturing it's going to be all right though there's a, the other side of this experience is going to it's things are going to we're going to we're going to bounce back and that that's one of the great things mm -hmm. about being in a band if you if you if you've got your mates if if you really are close then you know uh, you're not on your own you know, i remember meeting various solo artists um one person I met on tour was a woman called Joan Osborne. She'd, she'd had a huge, huge hit called If God Was One of Us. And I think we played with her in Berlin or some, something, something like that. And we were just one of those sort of tours crossing over, you know, crossing, uh, overlapping. Mm. And, and like ships in like the night. Like ships in the night. And she um, seemed to be, she had a session band, right? So they weren't leaving her and she was paying them. And she just seemed like, she just seemed like a nice girl, but it's very lonely. Just you know, having all this success and probably earning good money, but just being really, really, really lonely. And um, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta. Ultimately, you know, the mood, the mood is something that carries you through the good times and the bad times. Some of our happiest, most memorable times were when we were struggling, without a doubt. You know, and 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 actually, as the success started to snowball, um, we the stress levels went on, the dramas got more constant, and it became much less fun. There is nothing more special than a a human to human connection. You know, like a friend to friend connection, a friend to partner, partner to partner connection, 
I mean, with the return of Jay Darlington, you got the original lineup. It's it's the it's the group of friends. It's the group of mates around the pub table. It's the it's the band of brothers. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had a great keyboard player in the interim years. Great um, musician, um, and he Henry Broadbent, and he he was. I met him in a band. He was playing in a band called The Meters. They're doing great Meters covers, and it was just a thing where he couldn't do a tour that we were doing and there was like a scheduling problem and then you know it turned out oh jay jay's back jay's around he'd been playing with the gallagher's um for for a while uh some of it he could remember and he said yeah i'm up for it and we met him in a pub um have a ch- have a chat it was it was very very spinal tap as most music experiences are I once heard somebody say, oh, that's so Spinal Tap. And I said, have you seen Spinal Tap? She went, no. <laughs> she just, the myth of that film has, has transcended the film itself. But getting together with Jay was like getting back together back with Nigel and David St. Hubbins and, you know, the whole Derek Smalls. And, you know, the, the chemistry, it's just, uh, it, it's, 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 it does have a, a magic and you can't really put your finger on what it is. It's just a... It's just a, 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 an understanding and a connection. There's a film I saw recently, um, which was a joy to discover because I'd not seen it, and it's it's called The Lost Film, 1970, Grateful Dead in Britain, coming to Britain for the first time. And it's just it, nobody ever bothered to edit it because they got too high or stoned or lost the tapes. And somebody's just chrono- chronologically put the reels in order. And whoever was filming was literally just there, just just whatever was going on. If they're in a queue, they're filming being in a queue. If they're waiting for a bus, you know, if they are doing a photo shoot, if it doesn't matter how mundane, right. it's literally, you know, an hour and a half of being a fly on the wall. And, and it mm. starts with them getting off the plane uh, at, at Heathrow in 1970, and it's just grainy black and white. And you just get that sense of them a, as a band and those characters. And they're still young enough to be fun, but they've got a bit of, they got a little bit of experience under their belt and years of, you know, pranksters and warlocks and crazy stuff, you know, uh, you know, which is kind of like the roots, but they're still young and you get to see them living that life of just, you know, the, 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 it's the mundanity of touring. It's the, it's the queuing, it's the waiting, it's the being, a, being just, you know, just schlepping around that you have to make mm. it, you have to make it an adventure. You have to make it fun with your own, with your humor and with your, your point of view, with your strange eccentric points of view. Otherwise, you're just going to become a zombie, you know, because there's so much traveling, so much queuing. And and it's funny as well because they're clearly all stoned and the, someone's lost their passport and they're doing an interview and they've all got jet lag and Pig Pen is saying he's getting too pissed and they he won't be able to play soon and it's very very good I advise it recommend anyone go onto YouTube and find it my my cousin sent it to me he's a he's in California he's a big deadhead do you know the author Studs Turkle. Stub your what? Studs Turkle. Studs. <laughs> Stub your no, Turkle. No, tell me about Studs. 
So part inspiration for this, he'd interview people about different things in their life. You know, so there's a book about book called Working. He'd interview as many people as he could about their jobs, what they usually dislike about them or, or family and how it works. And and when you say that, you know, there's there's beauty in the mundanity of life, I think that is, that's it. Studs Terkel sounds like a porn star. <laughs> Studs Terkel and Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Coming, coming soon. When you, when you reflect over... You must have lived so many different lives, you know, since K, since the start of the band. Have you, has this been, a, you know, since looking up to this, this new single and this new record, which we'll, we'll get onto, have you been able to reflect on the different, the different, you know, the different sides of life that you've experienced in the last 30 years, 30 plus years? I mean, have you gone through times of great, interest in one particular thing and another i mean how much do you think you've changed really as a person well i i i don't know you'll have to ask my wife um i think we we change we change in our in our you know like our our whole kind of like psychological programming i think you can change that if you really want to work at it you know if you've like been most people most people are traumatized. Most people have got some scars. Most people, you know, had a few bumps on the way through their childhood. Uh, most people do have a certain kind of behavior patterns that they're not conscious of, and they and they're usually destructive. And um, and I think those kind of things you can get the better of if you if you take care of yourself and you take an interest in caring for yourself, like you do with your health. You know, mm. <clears throat> but I think your nature—you have an integral nature and an essential um, kind of character that that really stays with you. You know, and even if you believe in you know reincarnation, it's still there is there is uh, something unique that it, it is there in everybody, and that that's why when you look back, you still connect. You say, "All right." It is the same person, even though I would do things differently or I might, you know, see things differently now. It's still the same mood. I remember asking my granddad when he was like 80 how old he felt, and he said about 16. And that's the, that's the soul, you know, that's the, the, the soul's eternally youthful. And, uh, you know, every, every mm. wis wisdom tradition talks about the soul being indestructible and, and youthful and just being pure life. So, um, yeah, I think I've changed a lot. I, I, I've certainly, um, but I, I, I still connect with the songs that I wrote when I was 19. I wrote a song when I was 19, when I was up in Liverpool, uh, visiting my mum and she was doing a play and I was I went up there I was depressed at the time because I just had my heart broken for the first time by a girl and she'd um, she'd uh, you know and I was just in that place of despair <laughs> life's not worth living mm. and people say oh, better to better to have loved and lost and uh, but uh, I wrote a song up there you know, whilst I was a, a brother Mersey and and being, I was very romantic. I think I'm still very, quite a romantic kind of person at heart. I think that's really the essence of my 
my view of the world uh, and nature and things like that, even though I'm quite cynical. I think deep down it's a, it's a romantic view. A lot of songs, a lot of my favorite records, there's a common theme of unrequited love. When you grow a bit older and you find love and you find a partner and you find a best friend, does that way of writing songs, does, is there always going to be something that you're missing? Is that, is, what, is that at the heart of a lot of those songs that are most touching? You know, unrequited love could turn into, for another human, could turn into unrequited love for another part of your life. Do you see what I'm saying? Is that something that's necessary, do you think, in songwriting? Pain. Pain is definitely necessary. You got to have, you got to have, you got to have pain. Pain is definitely uh, a huge part, you know, of, of, of hope, you know, and, and, it, and, and sort of pain informs your humanity, you know, it allows you to sort of like empathize with people. And um, I, I mean, I wouldn't prescribe pain to anybody, <laughs> but it does seem to be, you know, the, the, the way to, um, to appreciate that, you know, the human condition, which so much of it is a, is a struggle and a mm. challenge, uh, that if you understand that, you know, you can't sing about faith, hope, and all those positive things if you don't acknowledge how much pain there is, you know, going on. So um, I would rather not have to suffer uh, the, uh, that kind of heartbreak <laughs> Again, but it does help with the with the tunes. Mm. Poets, you know, they're they've always been obsessed with this the, be- the beauty and decay and and you know that 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 no seeing beauty in the world that, that it is always going to be infused with a sort of sadness because everything's temporary. And but then even in the in the, in if you get into spiritual life, most people get into spiritual life because. They um, are looking for a to, to make sense of all the suffering, and um, and in, and the thing is that spiritual life is all about um, you know a sort of uh, the the lament of the soul because it's all about you know union and separation with God. Um, so I I think it's a it's mm. just part of who we are. You know you can't escape it, and um, and when you get into all this mystical stuff for me music always ultimately all the people that i follow all the people that i've i use the word follow because we're it's, you know we're in this age now followers and but you know the people that has inspired me and i've listened to and read they always end up they always end up on, on kind of on a spiritual path that's where their ideas and their thoughts and their music and their and their art or their humanity it always takes them into a spiritual realm and um and it's 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 all about making sense of this of uh this this these these moods it's natural magic you'll have to forgive me yeah nice hey you need a you need like a little musical sting (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah well the natural magic um it looks like uh you know the whole album we've been working on is the it's to do with it's to do with chemistry ultimately, and it's to do with when you when you tap into something that's just greater than the individuals. You know, it's it's the sum of the parts, and it's um, and it's that 
higher connection to to what you do and who you are. And and again, I you know, sorry to go on about spiritual life, but that's what spiritual life is about too. You're, it's not just about you and your small little worldview. It's about you're connected to something that's you know infinite. You are connected to it. It shouldn't make you feel. It shouldn't make you feel small. It should make you feel connected, and that's a beautiful thing. Have you explored that on a, a practical level? Have you put time aside in your day, in your diary, to to practice spirituality? Practice makes perfect, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Um, whatever you do, whether it's cooking or trimming trimming hedges, um, playing guitar. Uh, writing, you know, dancing, whatever you do, you gotta, you gotta work at it. But if you love it, and if you feel a connection, then you will, you will work at it, and and you will work at it even when it feels uncomfortable. My kid's been listening to podcasts. He's just turned fifteen, and my kid is just kind of got his head around the. He really appreciates how you, you know, you got to push yourself. And that in in pushing yourself out of that out of your comfort zone into into that place where you are testing testing what what's comfortable and what's what you're capable of there's all huge rewards there and um, that's the that that's the difference between being a sort of a you know somebody who just dabbles and somebody who can you know really mm. uh, start to start to um, become an original. I'm no stranger to feeling depressed, being blue, feeling, you know, a, a real crisscross of like anxiety, you know, just feeling like the weight, you know, a real weight, you know, from the very first, it comes to me worse in the mornings. And I feel like I've woken up most of my life feeling, you know, fucked basically. Uh, and it, it's, it's taken me 32 years to think, oh, to realize, oh, I actually have to do things Maybe I shouldn't have drunk that vodka. Yeah, you have to do things to feel better. You know, you have to... Something for me, something that I have a bit of a problem with, I realise, is like the chaos of the world. And so that's why I've got into sports again in the way that sports is, you know, it has a schedule, <laughs> you know, I can watch the cricket, I can have the football. It's, it's organised. <laughs> it's in, it brings organised, you know, it brings an order to my chaos. You know, with spirituality and 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 you know taking this stuff seriously is that a thesis to natural magic and in that sense did the ideas and the the lyrics and the phrases did that stuff come before you know before the music before getting in a room together there's never a fixed way for lyrics so, you know i i sometimes you start with a title sometimes you start with a line sometimes you start with an idea oh you know um like today I was playing, I played somebody, you know, the Mike Bat Orchestra did a whole album about the tarot. <laughs> I, it was ridiculous. It's a ridiculous album. It's worth, it's <laughs> worth hearing. Um, but you know, he's like, somebody comes up with an idea. I want to do a, I want to do an album about the runes or I don't know about, you know, what car magazine. It depends. I, I, there's been a few times where I've, woken up with a or i've dreamt of a, a song and or a piece of music and i've had to i've had to kind of work on it in the day obsessively but on the whole 
what I find is that you get an, an initial inspiration mm. and then that's like the, 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 the core energy, you know, that's the, the, and then that light will illuminate what you put around it. And because most of the process of the songwriting is the crafting and the structuring mm -hmm. around that initial idea. So, um, I know that, you know, some people I've heard it compared to where you like get a gem, you know, and then you have to clean the gem and then set it, set it in, in, into the ring. And the ring is the, is the structure is the, is the, is the songwriting mm. process, but you have to have that initial idea. You got to have that gem to start off with and you need to, you need to buff it up. Um, so I think there's a lot of work involved with songwriting and, um, but it's never it's never the same every time. It always has a slightly different um, incarnation. I mean, you've you've been touring, you know, since coming back after after lockdown and before lockdown. You were you were touring. You were you know an active band. Did you feel like you needed a reason to to do a seventh record? Were you, were you was there that idea that you know we was there ever that idea that you could do a seventh record? Yeah, you could you could start working on it tomorrow or next week. But was there an element that you felt like you you had to have a shape, an idea for the record? Because that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like these songs have a just a raison d'etre. You know, it's just like okay, we you know we we're doing this for a reason. It has that vibe. Like waves is such a is such a tune. It's 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 brilliant. It sounds like it could have been released in '91 or in three years from now. It's timeless. It's excellent. Oh, that's nice to hear. Uh, well, I um, Waves was um, written off the back of a bunch of gigs. I think I wrote it after a gig in Manchester, which is why you've got the the boys in Manchester mm -hmm. um, and the birds of Liverpool. And the, you know, I think I was on tour around England. It was just really good to get back on the road again after the uh, the, the the lock up years and. Um, and so it all comes out in in the yeah. music and but then you know the the previous record the first congregational church of eternal love and free hugs that was songs that were being written throughout you know 2020 to i don't know 2020 to 2022 and um it wasn't until the very very end that i i realized okay oh my god it's a double album and this what what are the themes that are connecting it? I had to stand back just to kind of see what well, what's what's going on here with this with these 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 songs. Is there a story and what was I on about? <laughs> and then we came up with this idea of of a church, a small little English church in the in the, in the middle of a thunderstorm, and the church has a leaky roof, and the congregation are all huddled in there, and some everyone's got a cough. And it's very English, and the vicar is just like something out of a healing comedy, and and we, we and we use little snippets of the church service to to break up the record, and it gave it a shape, and it gave it mm. a story, the story being the fall of Lucifer, and the the defeat of the demons, and so we thought, yeah, <laughs> that works, <laughs> that works for a double album. I think we have to give it a very long title that no one can remember. So we did. And this one is much more. This 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 album is much more 
like, you know, Jay's back. We're going to do two and a half minute, three minute songs. We're going to get right into that kind of pop energy. And, 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 and we're back where we were when we were, when we were kids. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It feels like first congregational church fraternal love. It would, that, that feels like a, like a bit of a, a blowout. The co- you know, like it's, it's like a free form. It's got a free form nature. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do. And it, did you know at the time, did you know at the time writing that, that there was going to be a, a time for the three and a half minute song after that? No, I, I think we did it. Did, we just work, we work on it where we're at at the time. And, and when, when, when Jay came back, it felt like it just it was natural. Let's just go for it. And also my kids started playing music. Um, my kid, my 14 year old's, pretty good drummer and my my younger kid was uh who's 11 was playing electric guitar and they were playing great they sounded great and i'd hear them down like slashing away at like th- you know like three chord tricks real punk proper punk mm. and it was really joyful for me to hear and so when i'm writing as well i'm thinking i gotta keep up with them like those guys are really that's got that's a lot of energy <laughs> so i'm also you know like bouncing off that i don't want to get don't want to become an old fart just yet but i think it's an it's an exciting time for music um, I, I was talking to um somebody earlier today about when i was at college and how that when the dance thing happened you know um with acid house and manchester and and just this the convergence of indie music and punk and dance music and you know uh recreational drug culture and politics alternative politics and even environmentalism when it was actually about protecting the earth looking after the earth protecting pollute especially pollute big the big polluters and the corporations it was a massive convergence and it freaked people out and the newspapers didn't like it and their parents didn't like it and your parents didn't understand it. And it was, it was an exciting time. And I think it's happening again now in the alternative media. And it's, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool time if you're in, a, if you know about it and a lot of people don't still. And, um, you know, they're trying to sort of, um, the official line is that the, the alternative media is a little bit dangerous and that you know you might you might come across crazy ideas, eh, you know. But that just sounds exactly what they said about punk or about hip hop or about rock and roll or about you know the, the the hippie movement. It's it's good if it's a bit dangerous. It's good. It means that we're keeping we're still growing and we're still moving. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. One hundred Thanks so much, Crispian. This is this is a lot of fun. I think, you know, uh, the the range of artists that I'm speaking to about, you know, this battle to survive, 
it, there's, su- there's such a huge net of things. And I think, I think, you know, I'm, one of the reasons why I love doing this is that I haven't found the answer yet. And I don't think I'm going to find the answer for another, you know, more 10,000 hours for another 7,000 hours. You know, when you say, when you say the battle to survive, what, what exactly do you mean? I mean, being able to find time in the day to write, to find the headspace. Oh, right. <laughs> plug into that thing. Yeah, I know it sounds, yeah. it sounds, um, sounds big, doesn't it? The battle to survive. But I think that's ultimately what it, what it is. Well, I think, I think part of the battle is to, to, to stay human. You know, and to to not become a demoralized, desensitized automaton, which is really what the society we live in is pushing us and pushing us and pushing us. It's like living with a with an abusive partner. You know, don't think differently. Don't don't. Uh, you know, don't don't just all the messaging that you get is so negative. And mm-hmm. and the, and it seems like the message is you know you just conform and and that's not going to make anybody happy because everybody everybody's unique everybody's different mm-hmm. um, and so um, I think that that the the, the, the hum- being in touch with the, your humanity be, not being afraid to to feel pain not being afraid to um, to, to to be in touch with that loneliness at, that you might feel or the anxiety whatever that is that that you're carrying around with you because everybody is and to 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 get into the idea of self-care you know like everyone talks about i'm going to look after my body i'm going to take protein shakes i'm going to go down the gym or i'm going to go you know plant-based or whatever it's it's cool that 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 this kind of health movement is going mainstream but there's a self-care that that happens on on an emotional level on a psychic level and that's that's probably more important and if if you if you're healthy physically if you're healthy emotionally if you look are able to look after yourself care for yourself um in 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 a, in a gentle sort of you know compassionate way then then you do you are able to kind of start to move into that more spiritual headspace and that is the most creative space you can be in it is the most creative productive space you can be in as a writer as an artist as a as a human being as a creative person doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a songwriter could be could be a gardener you could be Mm. a teacher um could do it's just that creative expression that comes from being in touch with you know yourself and and not being all uh you know having too much interference on the Mm. on the on the line yeah, it's very easy to live very superficially today. Stay human. <laughs> Stay human. Crispian, thank you so much. Cheers for, for giving me your time, giving me your thoughts. Could I, could I ask one quick question before we leave? You know, we live in that kind of generation of, in my generation, it's very LinkedIn. It's very applying for jobs. It's very LinkedIn and indeed.co.uk. And basically saying, you know, you're the most perfect person in the world. I mean, yeah. I think as as a rejection of that, I, I quite like asking people about the mistakes they've made, you know, in the workplace or otherwise, because those lessons are the, those mistakes are the biggest lessons that you learn more often than not. And obviously everyone's had things they don't want to talk about, but uh, I, does, you know, I'm putting you on the spot here, but are there any particular moments or decisions that you've made, things that you've done 
that you think, fuck, that was all rubbish. That was an awful, I shouldn't have done that job. I shouldn't have done that gig. I shouldn't have done this and that, but I learned from it. Um, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. Does anything come to mind there? Everything I've done has been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did once ask my granddad, and he was 92 or 93. I said, what do you do? What do you think your biggest fault is? And he thought for a very long time, and he just said, I haven't got any. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brilliant. I think the truth is that um, t t the biggest pitfall, I, I think, generally, is the desire to control, to try to control the outcome and also to enjoy the fruits of that outcome. Because like, you know, we were saying earlier, you know, plans never, things never go according to plan. There's always mistakes. And I also think that there's a certain illusion that you're in control because there's so many factors at play in life, so many contributing influences spinning around in time and space. And, you know, there's an ana uh, there's an, an analogy in 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 uh, India that one that my uh, my uh, my my spiritual teacher told me, and he said about you know there's two ways of looking at at being uh, absorbed in in God, and one is that uh, they have when the, you see a cat pick up her kitten, she picks it up by the neck, and the cat carries it around, you know, and you can see that. She's completely given herself over to to her protector and she's just, you know, being plonked from one place to the next. And the other, the monkey, the the, the mother monkey, she uh, she carries her kid around, but the kid is holding on underneath the tummy. She's just holding on like that. And so there's an effort required on the part of that baby. There's a, some effort required, but at the same time, you're being moved around. And... And for me, that that was that's that's kind of my attitude and one that I've adopted. That you have to work hard, you have to make a lot of effort, but you also have to kind of let go of the outcome and be always ready to see how things are changing and be fluid and go with those changes and and be humble about the outcome because you cannot control it. And the people who think they're in control are suffering mentally all the time. They're constantly in anxiety. And you, you can't, you can't. I mean, it's it's an infinite universe of influences out there. <laughs> so, you know, gotta, you, you know, they say go with the flow. You got to go with the flow. You got to, you got to swim with the current too. So, excuse all the uh, the analogies here, but um, <laughs> for me, my my biggest screw ups in the past all came from me trying to be the controller. And when I kind of backed off and realized that songs were, songs were an intuitive process and, um, and lucky breaks or, or problems that happened, they were also kind of things that were out of my control. And so you just constantly have to be in this, um, this process of working and letting go and working and letting go. And, uh, and it's the art of living, you know. It's a, it's a dance, darling. So get your castanets out. Thank you so much, Crispian. My pleasure. 
So there he was, Crispy and Mills from Cooler Shaker here on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Thank you for listening to this show. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review or a rating on Apple or Spotify. Subscribe wherever you're listening to this. That stuff all does wonders for the show and helps me keep getting incredible guests like Crispian on the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll be back with a new episode tomorrow with Dublin's The Murder Capital, an incredible band if you haven't heard them. I'd highly recommend checking them out. They'll be with me telling some more stories of making it all work. See you again. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.